and some storytelling. I'll be holding an additional quiz as a part of our podcast for the participants to win a very excellent prize. So, tonight's discussion will be about hair reduction hazards losing the Lumia's M22 IPL device and it is quite an extraordinary piece of machinery, I hear. There are many topics involved which we'll be going to cover tonight. First, injuries and hazards, control methods, laser safe environment, ocular safety, control access, and laser-generated airborne contaminants. Now, on to my first guest tonight is Joanne. Hi, Joanne. How are you? Hi, Darby listeners. Thank you for having me on today's podcast. This is my first time doing this, so I'm really excited to be here. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Now, you're a dermal clinician and you perform laser treatments. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. So... Tell us more about that. What do you think of the Luminous device? Do you find it useful? I think the Luminous M22 IPL is a great device. It's universal and covers a greater surface area. I do find it useful. I think that it isn't a complicated device to use. However, as a treating technician, we do have to be careful when we treat um, as it can only treat certain Fitzpatrick skin types, one to four. So for all the listeners who don't know what a Fitzpatrick skin type is, it's how much melanin pigment someone has in their skin. Joy, can I just ask, why only those Fitzpatrick skin types? Well, the IPL, the intense pulse light, is coherent or scattered light. The construction of IPL is quite complex due to the scattering, which makes burns a higher risk. This is also complex in tattoo removal due to the pigments in the ink. So we must ensure that we treat the correct Fitzpatrick skin types to minimize these risks. So what can this device treat with the scale of those Fitzpatrick skin types? It can treat a variety of skin concerns, um, but as we're only discussing hair removal, we do have to take parameters into consideration, such as the wavelength, spot size, fluence, and pulse duration. Uh, Joanne, what safety and precautions do you cover as a dermal technician? Well, there are quite a few. So firstly, we do have to have a consultation with the client to cover what's what Fitzpatrick skin type they are and if there are any contraindications. So we ask them if they take any medic- medications as some of them are photosensitizing. We also do a test patch to see if the client has an adverse effect or event happen. Um, PPE is also a safety measure that we have. It's also crucial for us to have an an educated understanding of light tissue interactions, as well as an understanding of the device for the client's safety and the treating technician. We must have an understanding of the nature of uh, injuries, sorry, and what to do if a client has an adverse reaction. As the treating technician, it's also important to understand the room layout and the safety measures and to ensure that the clinic is laser safe as possible 
due to the um, device being a class four laser, we do have to have appropriate signage on the door. Amazing what you need to know as a dermal clinician, isn't it? Thank you for that, Joanne. Now, next up, we have Claudia. Uh, you're a manager at a laser clinic, but I understand that you've been a client in the past and you've had some bad experiences. Uh, Claudia, what happened? Hi, Darby. Firstly, thank you for asking me to be on today's episode. Super excited about participating in the quiz. I'm quite competitive, may I say. Secondly, let me reiterate how important it is to ensure the person you are trusting on doing laser hair removal is trained in using an IPL. So, Claudia, what can happen as a result of this? Untrained operators can cause burns and blistering that can then lead to scarring and keloids. They can also cause you unwanted pigmentation and serious damage to the eye. Oh dear. Well, that sounds like fun. What was your experience and what motivated you to learn about the laser industry? I've experienced two untrained laser technicians. I guess these experiences are what motivated me to want to learn about the industry and to work in it. Oh, good grief. And what was the end result? Well, the first technician burnt my underarm. It was so painful and uncomfortable. The only position that was comfortable for me was when I would lift my arm in the air. When I would place my arm in a rested state, it would actually put pressure on the burnt area. Oh, my goodness. Ouch. Uh, Claudia, how did you treat the burn? I had to treat the burn with antibiotic cream. It was not fun. Sounds like it. Uh, tell us about your other experience you mentioned. My other experience was once again due to the operator not being trained in using the IPL. Did you know long wavelengths have lower absorption coefficients for melanin? That's why IPL devices can penetrate deep into the dermis and epidermis where the hair bulb is located. Uh, and Claudia, whereabouts were you getting the treatment done? Like, was it on your face? Yeah, Darby, it was. It was on my face. Oh, dear. Well, you look like you treated it quickly. So, talk to me about the effects of longer wavelengths and what do you mean by this? When long wavelengths are absorbed by water in the tissues, they then absorb at the tear layer covering the cornea. As the water vaporises, the beam interacts with the tissues of the cornea of the eye, causing a burning sensation. Oh, wow. Well, that sounds interesting and painful. Was the damage permanent? The damage was not permanent, luckily. It was, however, extremely painful. Well, that sounds like some dramatic experiences. Thank you for sharing that, Claudia. For all those operators out there, let this be an absolute lesson of what could go extremely wrong. Now, uh, thanks for that, Claudia. Next, we have Chantel. Hi, Chantel. How are you? Hi, Darby, and hey, everyone who's listening today. I'm super excited to be on the show. Now, uh, Chantel, you're a laser protection supervisor. Is that correct? Yes, I sure am. And what does this involve? Basically, my role as a laser protection supervisor at my clinic, I assist with the supervision in a particular treatment area. I ensure that local regulations are implemented from the laser safety plan and specialised in specific treatments. The laser safety officer and I share responsibility. Oh, wow. That sounds like some hectic responsibilities. 
what hazards have you seen, Chantel? I have seen some hazards in my time. Let me tell you, laser and IPL modalities are extremely dangerous when in the wrong hands. Well, Chantel, I'm sure everyone listening tonight would like to hear about that. Could you further touch on the different hazards for us? First of all, ocular hazards can create consequential injury, even permanent eye damage from exposure from less than even five centimeters from the firing handpiece. Thermal hazards, if the parameters used on the client are above threshold, they can create epidermal burns as well. It's crazy to think that people are using this machinery when not even properly qualified. That is so crazy. Now, being in the industry, we all know that a thorough consultation is the key before any treatment. What are your thoughts about it? I know, so crazy. Oh my God, yes. A thorough consultation process is key to any treatment to help establish the needs and wants of the client, but it also helps you determine if the right candidate uh, is for the treatment. Contraindications are a big one when it comes to hazards of IPL treatment. Chantel, my next question is, what are some examples of the contraindications and why? Well, say for example, you're on medications like Roaccutane and you get an IPL treatment on your chin. You run the risk of a photosensitized reaction. This causes blisters because your immune response is heightened. So in like sciencey terms, it's caused by an abnormal reaction to some component of the electromagnetic spectrum and a chromophore within the skin. Wow. So much can go wrong. Uh, how do you control all of this, Chantel? What measures are in place to handle these situations? In the safety game, we are huge on the hierarchy of controls. It's a control method guide that helps enforce ways to treat a hazard. Because we can't eliminate or substitute the risk because we actually need the device for the treatment, we utilize other control methods like engineering and administration. The clinic writes SOPs for all treatment procedures along with all of the manuals and resources for the staff so they can refer to when they need. Well, definitely a few things to consider. Uh, thanks for that, Chantel. Uh, up next and lastly, we have Diana. Hi, Diana. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Uh, your background as a laser safety officer is quite extreme. So tell us about yourself and what's involved in your role. Hello, Darby, and hi to everyone joining in our episode today. I'm so happy to be here. So my role as a laser safety officer is to oversee and enforce the laser practice. So why is enforcing laser safety practice important, Diana? You see, Darby, the escalating problem here and is more often than not, things go horribly wrong during a laser or IPL treatment due to the misuse of the machine or the lack of knowledge of the skin. And why is this a problem? Isn't there any certain guidelines clinics must follow? These recurring problems are due to the beauty industry being unregulated and so inevitably the burden and responsibility for laser safety officers such as myself in the recent years our role has magnified from ensuring the standards are met in a hospital medical setting to other settings such as laser clinics and beauty salons. Oh my, well, that's a bit scary that there are no concrete rules uh, when it comes to the operation of laser. So does this mean you set these standards yourself, Diana? 
Oh, of course not. I refer to the guidelines set by the Australian Standard, which outlines appropriate safety measures for using lasers. So although these guidelines are not mandatory, it is available to use as a resource and it does set the benchmark for the standards in our laser industry. So at the end of the day, Derby, it's there as a safety precaution and this is to keep us all safe. So in saying that, what do you look for in a laser safe environment? When it comes to creating a safe environment for laser, the treatment rooms for laser services should be designed and solely used for laser services only. So with the appropriate warning signs affixed at the door and within the room, the laser therapist should also be wearing protective eyewear, gloves and N95 face mask. Do you need to constantly change and jump in and out of PPE? PPE. Yes, to avoid cross-contamination and keep the highest hygiene standards, the gloves and face mask must be changed in between each client. So the client should also wear protective eyewear. This is so important when it comes to protecting the client from the harmful radiations of the laser or IPR machine. These eye safety wear should comply with the Australian standards and the equipment needs to be cleaned as often as required. Usually the handpiece of the laser doesn't come into skin contact. However, in situations that it does, it does need to be cleaned. And where the machine doesn't have a protective sheath, um, it needs to be cleaned so um, that there is the reduce of contamination. Now, each machine is different and has different cleaning steps that are outlined in the product's user guide. But when we refer specifically to the Luminous M22, the system manual tells us to clean the console simply with a cloth and mild detergent. Um, then we go on to things like the disposing of clinical waste. Um, that includes bodily fluids, blood, tissues, swabs, um, gloves that have all been contaminated, needs to be placed into a designated bin that's lined with a yellow biohazard bag. Um, these requirements um, are correct. Uh, these requirements for the correct disposable uh, disposal clinical waste um, is according to the EPA legislation, Victoria. So yeah, things like that somewhat touches the surface of what I enforce on a day-to-day -day basis. Wow. Some information for everyone to consider in a laser setting. Thank you for that, Diana. Thank you so much for having me, Darby. Now, time for the quiz. It's pretty simple. Whoever buzzes in with their name first and is correct the most wins. You all ready to go? Yes. Yeah, fantastic. Let's do this. Now, category one hazards. What do chemical hazards consist of? Chantal. Joanne. Chantal. Compressed gases, laser plume, laser dyes, and solvents. True or false? Electrical components, gases, fumes, and dyes all contribute to the fire hazard. Claudia. Center. Claudia. True. Correct. Why is laser plume so toxic? Claudia. Center. Noxious airborne contaminants generated as byproducts of IPL treatments. Correct. Um, okay, for an additional two points, some additional info, Claudia. Health, symptom, health systems resulting from laser 
plume exposure, including eye, nose, and throat irritation. Correct. Okay, so category two, injuries. Why is it important to keep the light guiding tips optical surface clean from dust and foreign matter? Joanne. Sugar. Joanne. Uh, so any particles or such matter will get hot due to absorption of the light. This causes the epidermal injury and patient discomfort. Correct. True or false? The light admitted from the IPL is capable of causing serious eye damage or blindness. Joanne. Joanne? True. Correct. What can happen should a long wavelength occur during treatment? Diana. Diana. This is extremely hazardous. The operator and patient are both at risk if the operator loses control of the delivery system as it can cause a flash blinding injury. Correct. Category three, control methods. Name four types of engineering controls. Claudia. Chantal. Claudia. Number one, interlocking systems. Number two, non-reflective services. Three, emergency stop button in the controlled area. And four, ventilation. Correct. Category four, laser safe environment. Does laser equipment need to comply with laser safety standards? Chantal. Chantal. Yes, it definitely does. The laser operator must ensure that equipment is in compliance with the Australian laser safety standards. Correct. True or false? I need an IPL uh, laser license in Victoria. True. Diana. Chantal. Diana? False. Correct. Which state is IPL and laser regulated? Claudia. Chantal. Diane. Oh, uh, Claudia. Tasmania. <laughs> Correct. All right. Well, well done to all of you. Now we'll announce the winner and what they will be receiving as a prize. And the winner is Claudia. You'll be receiving a high distinction mark from Samantha herself. your time and listening to the information we've discussed on laser hazards and hope it's made you aware of the risk with this treatment and hope to see you next week on dermal just for fun thank you and good night